But as Christians, we have a power literally at our, at our control that can literally change the world. Not only can it change the world, but it can heal the world. Um, does anyone know what that power is? Just a guess. Just anyone guess? Jesus, okay. Jesus. What's that? Forgive, yeah, that's basic. Jesus, forgiveness, money. Is that what you said? Money? Holy, money? Holy, oh, I'm just kidding. Holy Spirit, okay. Holy Spirit, all right. Um, and uh, that, this power is something that we have. We have access to it. We have, you know, we have privilege to it. He has given us power not only to heal the world, but to bring to life, to bring to life things that are dead. Can you imagine that? Bring to life things that are dead. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says this, For the word of the cross, which is what? The gospel. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the gospel, um, a lot of times I think in crusade, and I grew up in crusade, so I love the gospel. I love four spiritual laws and all that stuff. We kind of get accustomed to thinking the gospel means we're going to have to go talk to a bunch of people we don't know. We're going to have to share this four things that we don't really, we have memorized, but don't really mean a whole lot to us. I love crusade. I love the four spiritual laws. I became a Christian because of them. Um, but a lot of times I think we get kind of accustomed just to these four points. Can anyone name the four points? Okay, good. Good job. Um, okay, so what is the gospel? I'm just going to give you a real quick definition just so that we can kind of lay this out. This is something if you guys take notes, um, which doesn't look like a lot of you do, which is fine, which is totally cool. Um, what is the gospel? I'm just going to put it in a sentence. Just uh, I'll read it twice. The gospel is the news that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, died for our sins and rose again, eternally triumphant over all, of our, all his enemies so that there is now no condemnation for those who believe. There is no condemnation for those who believe. And I think we stop there a lot of times. We think that we get this ticket. We get this ticket to heaven. We get no condemnation. It's great. And that kind of like we muster ourselves for the rest of our lives. We just grit it out. And I know you guys have probably been trained in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit-filled life and all that stuff, and you definitely are a step ahead of most Christians, to be honest. You really don't understand how revolutionary the, whole, the Spirit-filled life really is. I come from Sioux Falls where people, people, the Holy Spirit is either mystical or it's nothing. The Holy Spirit is either this thing that they go to for gifts and for healing and all this stuff, or it's nothing. They don't, they don't, there's no in between. So you're really blessed to be trained in the Spirit-filled life. Um, but um, everlasting joy is one thing that comes as a result of, of, of the gospel's work in our lives. Um, side note here, the gospel is not four points that you memorize. The four spiritual laws contained in the God booklets are statement of truth that allow you to kind of share the gospel, but it's not necessarily the gospel. Those four points contain the gospel, but they're not, they're not the gospel. Does that make sense? I mean, it is the gospel's in it, but it's not the gospel. Um, and so Galatians 1.12 says, For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So a revelation of Jesus Christ, what does it mean to be revealed? Does anyone know? Revealed? What does it mean to reveal something to somebody? Show it? Reveal it to them? Okay, good cooperation. Um, so why do we need the gospel? Does anybody know? Why do we need the gospel? Sinful. We are extremely sinful. There are disease we are all infected with, a disease that steals. This disease is sin. It destroys our lives. It ruins families, and it brings pain. It brings a lot of pain. And I know there's people sitting in this room right now who, as a result of sin, um, you feel a lot of pain, whether it's as a result of what happened on Saturday night at prom, which you may have had a great time. You may have had your heart broken. You may have been in love with somebody and been crushed. Um, that's happened to me before. 
Um, not a very good situation. Um, but it happens, and there's pain in life, and that's the reality of life. Um, and I'm basically going to come to you today and say that the gospel is the cure for everything. Not just for salvation, that the gospel is for your entire life from the beginning until the end, that there is no point at which the gospel does not become unnecessary. It becomes unnecessary. It is necessary from conversion until death, every single day of your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, so be careful. Um, Does anyone know what legalism is? Yes, you know what legalism is. Satan has caught many Christians in a performance trap. We kind of become in this, we have this mindset um, that we need to be better Christians, that we need to have it all together. Satan twists our minds into believing the lie that our acceptance from God is dependent upon and contingent upon our actions. Does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense to me. Our actions are contingent upon this, but they're not. Um, And in our trying, we end up a greater failure and deeper despair. Um, Satan uses our guilt to beat us down into submission. Guilt is a very powerful thing. There's people in this room right now who probably feel extreme guilt. I have felt some extreme guilt in my life from sexual failures to being disobedient to my parents, from um, struggles with pride, from football. I felt a lot of guilt from football. I don't know why, but it's just something that I struggled with. Um, And guilt is a huge, huge, huge uh, hindering emotion. Um, and uh, Satan uses it. And it's almost Satan's only power, if you think about it. If you think about when you commit a sin and you feel guilty to the point that you almost give up and say, well, why not just keep doing it? Um, and it's the worst thing, and it's Satan's really only tool, in my opinion. He lies to us and gets us to feel guilty, and we don't realize who we really are in Christ. Um, sin is not defeated by willpower. You guys are not going to will yourself out of sin. We are completely sinful. Romans 3, 10 to 18, it says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is not one who understands. No one seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. In the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. The gospel does change us completely. When the gospel comes into your life for the first time and you have faith in Jesus Christ, whenever you have that date written in your Bible that you feel like you have believing faith in Christ, the gospel has changed you. The Holy Spirit has completely changed you. He's made you a new creation, and that's true. Um, But that does not mean that it's lost its usefulness. It does not mean that the battle is done. Um, You cannot outgrow the gospel. You never, never, never outgrow your need for it. Don't ever think of the gospel as that's the way you get saved and you get strong by just leaving it and doing something else. You get strong by praying a lot or you get strong by singing a lot or you get strong, which are all good things, which are all great things, which are all things that we're commanded to do and that we should do and we should love doing them. Um, But they're not the end all be all. The gospel is the end all be all in your life. And so we are strengthened by God through the gospel each and every day until the day we drop. You never outgrow the need to preach to yourself the gospel. And this is something that I didn't really understand. Um, This is something that I just, and and the times in my life when I have fallen the the greatest and made the stupidest mistakes, whether it be, you know, getting into a party scene, whether it be a bad situation with a girl, whether it would be disrespectful to my parents, disobeying them, doing something behind their back, lying to them, doing something like that. It's all because I've begun a pattern in my life of where I've tried to take over and do things on my own, and it gets to the point when I can no longer do it. And I can no longer, I'm no longer capable. And I've completely lost sight of the gospel. 
What happens when we get to that point and we get convicted? A lot of times it happens at like a conference or something. And you know what? A lot of times conferences, all they do is preach the gospel. There's, a huge, there's always these big, huge altar calls, and everybody comes up every single time. People come up every single time. It's the same people. It's the same people. It's like we continually rededicate our life, and that's not a bad thing, but it's something that we can actually do every single day. It's something that we don't have to wait for those mountaintop experiences. This can be something that you wake up in the morning um, and do. We'll get to that in a second. Um, why? Why do we have to preach this to ourselves, Grant? Why does this even matter? We're already saved. We're already in heaven. Why does this stinking matter? Hmm. I'm sensing a theme. Sin is the reason. Sin separates us from God entirely before we were saved, and even now we barely experience the fullness of God's holiness. Um, and there's an intense struggle in my own life against sin, and I know there's one in your life. Don't kid yourself. We all struggle with it. Everybody in this room is deeply entangled in sin whether we like to admit it or not. And I guarantee you, I'm, I remember one of the quotes by Bill Bright. Bill Bright was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. And he talked about how the later in life that he got, the more and more that he saw his sin. Like the more sin he realized he had. And so it's even though if you looked at him, his actions were far from sin as possible. Like, and I know that's not really true, but for me looking at him, I looked up to him so much that I saw his life and I'm like, wow, I'd love to be like this guy someday. But his view of himself was so small and his view of who God was was so big that the, little, the sin in his life was just, it was just, he couldn't handle it. It was, it was so disgusting to him because he had allowed God to take over his life so much. Um, so there's an intense lo- struggle in all of our lives. Um, I'm going to read a little kind of a longer passage here, so bear with me. Um, Romans 7, 14 to 25 talks about this struggle. talks about the struggle in your life and kind of nails it on the head. It says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. For what you want to do, the good stuff, what God commands, you do not do. But what I hate to do, the sin, the stuff that we know destroys our life, the stuff that stinks, the stuff that controls us, whether it be pornography, reading romance novels, or pornography for women too. It's not, it's not let's be honest, it's, it's, it's true. I'm just going to say it. Anyways, um, we all struggle with lust. We all struggle with greed. We all struggle with pride. All of those things become painful experiences in one way or another. And it's, if it's not hurting us, it's hurting somebody else, in which in the long run it's all going to come back around. Um, and so what I, what I hate to do, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. This is about a Christian. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. One of the ways the Bible teaches us how to apply the gospel to our sin is through creating an atmosphere of grace. An atmosphere of grace by allowing each other to release the burden of unconfessed sin that is not, the, that is not an act that is required. This is not like a it is a commanded. This is not something that's, we're not going to get legalistic here. But if you feel that sin is eating away at you and you need grace, I'd ask everyone to get into a small group now. So those three people you got, get with them. Get with them. 
We'll give you like 15, 14, 13. All right, so we're going to take 10 minutes right now. We are going to take 10 minutes. And you guys are going to go find a spot. And you guys might sit there and look at each other and not say a word, which is fine. Um, But if there are things on your heart right now that you know are hurting you and you know they're hurting other people, just get them out. Just get them out. Um, And so I would ask that you just would go do that now. We'll reconvene in 10 minutes. If you have have a co-ed group, I'd recommend not being co-ed as much as possible. I probably should have said that first, but... Do your best. Somebody turn music on. Jeff Rudder asked the question, Jeff Rudder asked the question, what are we to be doing? The gospel says that we should bring into light with our brothers our sin, and so that's what you're going to do. You're literally going to confess. Like right now, while you're sitting, there's sin in your life, and you're going to get it out if you desire and if you desire to be free. So would you just do that um, as much as you feel, maybe not comfortable, because comfortable is not really a good thing. So if you would just please sit there and just kind of open your heart, cut it open and let it fall out. All of it. Just cut it. Cut it in half. Have fun. We have sin in general, sin that, that, that has permeated our being and everything that we are. Um, and, and that's what we need to confess to the Lord. Um, and the way that that's broken is through the gospel. Um, Romans 16, 25 to 27 says this. This is um, a doxology. It's like I was at the end of the, chap- end of the, end of the book. Um, it says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to the gospel and preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed through, prophet- through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the pre- preaching of Jesus Christ to bring about the obedience of faith Another way in which the gospel is effective in helping us to overcome sin and experience the intense and insane joy that what it is to really follow Christ um, is through preaching the gospel through ourselves every day. Um, one of the ways to do that is to literally have a buddy that you see pretty frequently at school and, and, and you could literally just pull out the four spiritual laws and he could just say them to you. And it's pretty as simple as that. Or you could wake up, uh, look in the mirror and confess your swin- sinful- sinfulness. Sinfulness. Confess your sinfulness. Um, but don't dwell on your sin because that is not who you are. You're, you're, not who you're, you're not who you once were. You are completely a new creation. You are blameless in God's eyes. So as soon as you confess your sinfulness, um, dwell just for a moment on how rebellious you once were and how you even struggle with so badly now. 
um, and still fall short. And then dwell on the words that everybody, I just want you to close your eyes real quick and just kind of, just kind of take these words in because these words mean so much and they're glanced over so quickly. Um, and that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that you are sitting in your chair right now. There is no condemnation for you. No matter what your sin is, no matter what you are dealing with, if you are in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say it until you mean it. Say it until you can feel it. Say it until you can experience it because it is one of the most profound truths about the gospel. It is the point. The point of the gospel is there's no condemnation so you can experience God forever. Um, Say it till you mean it. Dwell on that grace all day long. Spell grace in your alphabet serial, Rudder. Um, Be grace to others. Read Jesus' words. For all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. Let your burdens at my feet. Let every moment of your day be consumed with Christ's victory over your sin. Every single moment of your day to be completely consumed with his victory over your sin. One of the things that really pisses me off, one of the things that really pisses me off, and I'll be honest with you, is this idea that we have to do it on our own. This idea that we are, we are somehow capable now that we have been fixed by the Holy Spirit that we can live this Christian life. You can't do it. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's only by the grace of God each day that you can wake up. Each breath that we breathe is a gift from God, let alone the fact that you can do anything good in and of yourself. Have the mindset that you can approach the throne of grace boldly because you have no condemnation but dwell on that grace and have the gospel change your heart and let that produce your works. It's not the other way around. It's not like you can forget the gospel now and now you can live this way. That's not how it works. Let every moment of your day be consumed with Christ's victory over sin. Be assured that you are justified. My mom told me this one time. She said, God sees you just as if you have done not one thing wrong. If you are justified before the throne of the king, if you are justified before Jesus, if you are justified before God, if you have faith by faith alone through grace, God sees you just as if you have done nothing wrong and just as if you have done everything right because all he sees is his son. There's this fancy term, it's called imputation or impartation and what that means is that God's, Jesus' righteousness, his life that he lived on earth, when God looks at you, that's all he sees. That's it. He doesn't see your porn, doesn't see your lust, if you have faith. He doesn't see any of that stuff. And that, to me, is the most freeing thing. And when I think about that, I want to go die for Jesus. No, actually, I want to live for Jesus, but I'd be willing to die. I want to go preach the gospel to people who might make fun of me. I want to wake up in the morning and dwell in the Psalms. I want to do those things. When I'm concentrating on doing the things, I do them for a week, and then I stop. But when I dwell on grace, when I know that just as if I have done nothing wrong, and God sees me just as if I've done everything right. That is indeed God's perspective of his children who have faith in him. Please, you guys, don't lose sight of that. That's the most important thing. God came into history in Jesus Christ. God, the the creator of the universe, came down into this world. He stepped into this world. Can you imagine that? He humbled himself. He let us kill him, the creator of the world. He let us kill him. Um, He came in order to destroy hell. Destroy the power of death. Destroy Satan. Destroy sin. Destroy the guilt that you feel each and every day. He has came to destroy it, and it is destroyed. The victory has been won. The battle is over. The war has been won. 
Wake up each morning, dwell in the grace of the Lord. Dwell in the grace of the Lord. Understand where you've come from. You're sinful, but dwell on the grace of the Lord each and every day. Preach the gospel to yourself. Wake up in the morning. Look at the mirror. And look at yourself. And look at, and look at what you know you're capable of doing in terms of how sinful you are. But then just stand in the glory, stand in the joy, stand in the victory, stand in the confidence that Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. This kind of gets me excited. Um, I know that there are people who are hearing this right now. There are people in this room who are not trusting Jesus Christ. You're not trusting Jesus Christ. And the Bible says you can only expect condemnation. You can only expect condemnation. And that's sad. It's one of the saddest things that I've ever heard. Um, So I'm just going to plead with you before I leave. um, That lay down your rebellion. Give it up. Lay it down and simply embrace the gospel that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the righteous one, died for your sins. He was raised on the third day. He was triumphant over all his enemies. He reigns until he puts all of his enemies under his feet. Forgiveness of sins and a right standing with God comes freely, freely through him alone, by faith alone. I plead with you, don't try to be strong in your own strength. Don't live this Christian life on your own willpower. Don't do it. You're going to fail. It will not be be there when you need it. Your strength will not be there. The strength of your friend will not be there. The strength of your mom will not be there when you need it. The strength of God and the gospel will always be there. Each morning when you step in front of the mirror, see yourself as a child of the king. Right now, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Don't put off putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't put it off. If you, have not, if you have not acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior yet, don't put it off. There's no time to waste. Paul is pretty imminent about the fact that we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know how many breaths we have left, so I just would plead with you that you would, um, you would just lay that aside. Um, and uh, if you would like to do that today, I'd welcome you to come talk to me. Um, talk to any of the leaders that you kind of see here around a lot. Talk to any of the bald guy in the back or, um, you know, anybody that you want to talk to. Um, and so I'm just going to pray for you guys, and we're going to finish with some worship. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you just 